1: This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we begin the 15th chapter of Mark with verses 1 through 21. Last week, we had just cut away from phase 1 of Jesus' trial before the Jewish authorities to Peter and his denial of Jesus just a couple of hours after boldly swearing that he would never deny him, even if everyone else did. Now Mark cuts back to the continuation of Jesus' trials. Enter Pontius Pilate the roman governor of the region whom the jewish authorities needed to officially condemn jesus to death if their scheme to kill him was to be fulfilled legally as pilate questioned jesus he was convinced that jesus was not guilty of any crime worthy of death but welcome to politics even 2000 years ago the schemes and manipulations of evil men accomplished god's sovereign goal however the whole world both Jews and Greeks, proclaimed their hatred of God and killed his son, whom he sent. If we don't need God's forgiveness for anything else, we need it for this. Here is today's slice of the sermon entitled Pilate, Savvy and Spineless.
0: He's innocent. They both added, though, to the title, both Pilate and Herod added to his title, Man of Sorrows, from Isaiah chapter 53, which describes the the physical torture that Jesus endured before the, before the cross. Now, that brings us to the third part of the Roman, t- Roman trial. Again, back in front of Pilate, and this time we jump to Mark again. Mark 15, 6 through 8 in our main text. Now, at the feast, he, the he is Pilate, used to release for them any one prisoner whom they requested the man named Barabbas had been imprisoned with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the insurrection. The crowd went up and began asking him to do as he had been accustomed to do for them. Now, we don't know the, the background of that in detail. What insurrection this is is, it is not specified. It was probably a popular thing among the Jews. I mean, they had the whole party called the Zealots that lived to throw off Rome's uh, authority over them. And some insurrection had happened. A bunch of people had been arrested. They'd been accused of murder. Barabbas was one of them. So Barabbas (laughs) was uh, probably a popular figure among the Jews. And so going into this day, Pilate had probably figured that his token act of kindness, would do this once a year, give a little semblance that he had some compassion and that he actually cared about the people that he governed. They would release one prisoner. He had probably teed up Barabbas to be the one that would be set free, and that would help him gain favor with the Jews. But now he's in a tough spot. Uh, He knew Jesus was innocent. Barabbas might have been popular, but he wasn't innocent. And it appears that part of Pilate wanted to do the right thing. Um, in, in one sense, you can say you can understand why he was happy to figure out that Jesus was from Galilee. Because Herod is in town, Herod's the governor of Galilee, I can hand off my problem, and I won't have to deal with him. I think he thought that um, as, as well, but now he sends him off to Herod, and he gets him back in short order. And it's just as bad as it was, only now the chief priests and scribes are even more hot in their screaming accusations. Now, Pilate had a long history of doing rash things that alienated him from the Jews and things that when he alienated the Jews would get him in trouble with Rome because his and Herod's job is Keep the Jews happy, keep them paying taxes, no rebellions, and, and, and you'll be fine. Well, his problems had begun when uh, Pilate got carried away with himself, and he allowed his soldiers to enter Jerusalem carrying banners and standards that had on them the image of Caesar. Remember, Caesar worship was an issue in those days. The Jews regarded that as idolatry. So they were incensed with Pilate when Pilate did that. So a delegation of the Jews went down to Caesarea by the seashore. That was where Pilate usually hung out. That's where his main palace was. They went there to complain, and they protested for five days. Finally, Pilate agreed to meet them in the amphitheater. You that have been to Israel, you that were there with me a couple of years ago, we went to that amphitheater by the seashore in, in, in Caesarea. Quite a, quite a spectacular place, even the, even the ruins of it. And he gathered all the Jews there, but instead of listening to their complaint, he surrounded them with his soldiers, and he threatened that he would have them all killed on the spot unless they would stop demonstrating against what he had done in Jerusalem. Well, he figured they would buckle, and they didn't. Instead of backing down, they defiantly bared their necks. You know, the symbol you give like, okay, you want me? Come get me. Cut my head off if you want to. It's like when your dog is attacked by the big dog and your dog rolls over on its back to say, okay, I submit, hoping the big dog won't carry through. Okay, That's what they did. Well, Pilate realized he wasn't going to get away with carrying out his bluffs, so he reluctantly acquiesced and removed the images. And it didn't help his approval rating to have done that. Now they know he's not only mean and vindictive and idolatrous, he's also a wuss, and he's going to back down. There were Other occasions that Pilate, two other occasions, we know that Pilate either killed some Jews or threatened to kill Jews who opposed him. So no wonder the resentment was so high. There was another conflict when Pilate insisted on not those standards and the pictures of of Caesar he'd brought in, but um, uh, he brought in gold-covered shields honoring Tiberius Caesar in Herod's palace in Jerusalem. Well, Herod's palace in Jerusalem, that's probably the same as the Praetorium. That's right next to the Temple Mount. And again, that was regarded as idolatrous. So this time, the Jewish delegation didn't want to press their luck and go to Caesarea and fight with Pilate there. They sent a delegation to Rome to appeal directly to Caesar. Well, Caesar didn't like hearing that Pilate wasn't able to handle things there. So he was angered by Pilate's insensitivity and insensitivity in provoking the Jews over and over. So he ordered him to take the shields down. So Pilate also hated the people who hated him. This guy's in a mess. Uh, if one more bad report about him gets to the ears of Caesar, he knows he's done. So watch him try to wriggle out of this situation. We have to jump to Luke again to keep weaving the story together. Luke 23, 13 through 16. Pilate summoned the chief priests and the rulers of the people and said to them, You brought this man to me as one who incites the people to rebellion. Remember, that was the false charge they brought to the first part of the Roman trial, even though that wasn't what they accused him of in their part of the trial. He says, and behold, having examined him before you. You were here when I was questioning him, he said. I have found no guilt in this man regarding the charges which you make against him. Jesus had said plainly, yeah, I'm a king, but I'm not after your kingdom. Pilate was not worried about that. He says, nor nor has Herod, for he sent him back to us. And behold, nothing deserving death has been done by him. Now, that sounds pretty good so far. Let's reword that. You accused him, but the charges don't add up. I found him innocent. I sent him to Herod. Herod found him innocent. He's done nothing worthy of death. He sent him back to me. I say to you again, he's done nothing worthy of death. So far, so good. Jesus is innocent and doesn't deserve to die. But then there's that last sentence. Therefore, I will punish him and release him. What do you do when you're the judge and the guy before you is clearly not guilty? You release him. But if you are a cowardly, self-serving mini-tyrant who cares more about your own self and maintaining your own position and your own power than you care about truth and justice, and you're afraid of the people in front of you, and you're afraid of your boss in Rome, you say something totally ridiculous like, well, since he's innocent, therefore I'll punish him and let him go. What? Did you hear what you just said? Here's what he's thinking. Pretty obvious. He figured, if I'll just commit a little bit of violence against Jesus, maybe that will satisfy the bloodlust Of these chief priests and rulers. He didn't care at all that Jesus was innocent and his accusers were guilty. Jesus did not matter at all to Pilate in this situation. Jesus, in the eyes of Pilate, was merely a problem that needed to be handled in whatever way necessary to wiggle out of the pickle that he's in. Now we have to jump to John. John 18 39. Pilate speaking. He says, Yeah, I think the first time he tried to get out of it, I'll send him off to Herod. Whew. Thank goodness, the governor from Galilee's here. Oops, I got him back. Here's his second thought. He says, But you have a custom that I release someone for you at the Passover. Do you wish then that I release for you the king of the Jews? He had seen those crowds in the temple, he knew Jesus was incredibly popular. He'd heard about him all of this time, and he had this custom: throw a bone the way of the Jews once a year at the Passover to act like you have a little compassion or a little, a little mercy. So he's figuring, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll release him. If you would like this message on compact disc, let me know, and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program.